GrowCFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby, and today I've got an ex-colleague of mine, Pinky Changra, and Pinky specialises in resilience. Pinky, welcome to the GrowCFO show. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. Pinky, can you tell our audience just a little bit about you and the things you do? Sure, yeah. So my main focus at the moment is resilience training for teams in corporations. Um, and it's really for anyone in any company in any role, because if you're a human being, you will benefit from resilience training. Uh, and resilience training, I have my own bespoke model. So there's no one way to teach resilience. There's no one definition. There's no one model for it. Um, so I developed my own, which is really based on uh, what I call holistic resilience, because it's about understanding that, you know, you've got a mind, body, soul, environment, how all of that interacts together. Um, so I teach my own resilience training and um, I'm also working on some areas uh, of development for individuals as well in terms of your own personal transformation in your own life. So not just building your resilience in your work and your life and how you get through challenges, but also really just looking inside yourself and saying, you know, am I happy? What am I doing in my life? Am I living my truth? Am I giving my gifts to the world? Am I fulfilled? Um, am I experiencing meaning and fulfillment? Um, so that goes a little bit deeper, um, but but I'm also working on on those things. So, but you know, I've been on this journey for about 16 years now. My own transformation, my own journey of self development. I'm obsessed. I want to know, like, why are we here? What is this universe? What is this planet? You know, what what makes us thrive? What makes us, you know, go up? What makes us go down? How do we get through our challenges? I'm so inspired by people who have overcome adversity. And I've been like just studying them for ages because I just love knowing what is it that makes people go through such difficult things but come out of the other side. I find that so inspiring. And that's essentially what resilience is. And that's what I teach as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but I've also got a corporate background. So I've worked in management consulting within public sector uh, and also professional services and project and program management. So really now I kind of bring those two sides together, the sort of human behavior and development and personal sort of growth and development and also the corporate environment and the world of work um, and how do we really flourish in the workplace how do we bring our best selves to the workplace how how do we have sort of happiness and well-being and performance all at the same time um, which I think is the conundrum that that I'd like to help solve <laughs> so uh... and a conundrum that I guess has been quite influenced by the way we've all had to live and work over the best part of the last two years now. Yeah, absolutely. Pandemic and so on. So yeah. when you're talking to leaders and their teams, what, what are the issues you're commonly seeing at the moment? I mean, the issues at the moment, I feel like a lot of them were like because we've always had issues right we've always had issues with stress we've always had issues with overwork and and uh stress at work mental health and so on so i think a lot of that has just come to the surface now and then been amplified by what's gone over the last 18 months or so um but the most common ones are always things around i'm overworked um i don't have time particularly in professional services uh, lots of people are struggling with just trying to fit everything in. Everyone feels like there's too much to do um, and they don't have time to do it. That is just always the bugbear for a lot of people. 
um, and and the stress associated with it. You know, a lot of us are working in very complex environments with the things going on over the last 18 months. We've been thrown into this pit of unknowns, change, uncertainty, unpredictability. We've had no practice in this. No one's done this before. No one knows how to deal with the pandemic. And then suddenly you're working from home and now you've got your kids at home and now you're trying to homeschool them, but then you're going back into work. But are you going back into work or are you not going back into work? And you know, what do you want to go back into work? So there's so many things. And I think a lot of people also are questioning their work, questioning what they're doing. Um, and reflecting how do I want my work life to be how do I want my work life balance to be and all that sort of stuff so there's actually loads of different things I think everyone's experienced it slightly differently Um, but there's many many different things and now as, as we were saying earlier Kevin is that thing around as we hopefully move into something normal in quotes as I say um, it's going to be different So how do we manage that change? The way we work, the way we live, we've all had time to reflect. We've done things differently. We've experienced new things where we've managed to work at home rather than the office. And now we're starting to question, how do I want my life to be when we move back into whatever we're going to call normal? And that's a change. It's a transition. If anything, it's quite a transformation. And I think that's the things that is at the front of most people's minds now is how do we navigate that? because people want different things now. People have had time to reflect. People have experienced something different. They're questioning things. Um, so how do, how do we do that? What is it gonna look like? How are we gonna keep everybody happy? Um, I don't know who, if anyone knows the answer to that just yet, but I think that's definitely um, at the forefront as well at the moment. Absolutely. I, I think that they're, they're all very valid questions. And mm. just, just listening to you describe all of that, Pinky, it just strikes me that there's a there's kind of a, a whole ream of challenges there. Yeah. And I suppose my question is, where do you start? Yeah. That's a very good question. Uh, you know, I think for me, everyone is different as an individual. Uh, every organization is different. Um, and you've got to go and be guided by whatever feels true for you in that moment. And that may sound a little bit fluffy and wishy-washy for a lot of people. But the reality is when you're living and working in such a sort of volatile environment, things are moving, shifting, changing, there is no one way. And that's exactly what is a key theme of my resilience training. I don't train people to do step one, two, three, four, and then you'll be great. No, you've got to know what you need. What I experience is going to be unique to me. What's going on in my company, what we do, my culture and our teams is going to be unique to us. So you've got to get used to uh, really forging your own path. Um, And that can be uncomfortable because there's going to be a lot of unknowns and there's no set path ahead of you necessarily. But if you're going to be on the leading edge, if you're going to innovate, if you're going to create something new, which is what we have the chance to do, then it's good. There's going to be unknowns about it. Um, So really, it's about taking a a very uh, unique approach that suits you, whether you're doing something individually to build your future, your resilience, or you're doing it for your whole company as how you move forward. You've got to reflect and say, well, what's going on for us? Because it's not going to be the exactly same thing uh, as anybody else, as any other company. Um, And then the key thing for me, I think, is setting a vision. We have a thing. It's part of human psychology, which is 
I've got to fix the problems. I've got to get away from what I don't want. We don't want it to look like this. We don't want to fall into this trap again. We don't want people to feel overworked. We don't want people to be unhappy. We don't want to work like this, blah, 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 blah. And whilst that makes sense, if you're really going to truly be a creator and a visionary and create something wonderful and new, you've got to be able to articulate your vision very clearly. What do you want it to look like? What do you want to experience? Um, so taking time to map that out with your team, with people or for yourself, if it's something you're just looking at in terms of how do you want to experience things, um, but taking time to get a really powerful, compelling vision that energizes you, that you feel emotionally connected to and allowing that to pull you into it uh, is a key part of resilience and change and transformation and doing that effectively because it's very subtle, but on the level of psychology and consciousness, there's a big difference between fighting what you don't want versus creating what you do want. Um, and, and it was very natural for us to fight what we don't want. It, we all do it all the time. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't want this. You've got to be able to articulate what you don't want and see it and bring it to the surface and acknowledge all of it. And then you turn your head and you say, well, what do I want to create? That's powerful consciousness. That's powerful psychology. You direct your mind to a powerful, compelling vision you can move mountains, you can create wonderful things in this world. So for me, it's about if I if I try and remember the question you asked, sorry, I just go off on <laughs> tangents and things. Um, but but you know, where do you start with that? It is firstly, understand you've got to don't don't go try and copy someone else. I'm not saying don't learn from other people. Of course, look at what other people are doing, what's working. You I mean, I wouldn't be here if I didn't learn from other people. But you've got to know that your company, your team, your personal experience is unique to you. So really get to know that and make sure it's tailored to you, whatever you're doing. And then set your vision first. What do you want to create? Because that's a we have a great opportunity. With a, To me, it's like make a blank canvas. It's a blank canvas now. You can create. And I find that really exciting. Some people might find that a bit daunting. But start creating your vision of how you want things to be. So we're, we're looking at resilience training for yeah. the finance team. Yeah. And we've come in to start an exercise mm -hmm. working with the CFO. Mm -hmm. And she's given us reasonably free, re free reign as to what we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Are we starting by looking at the vision of what the individuals want for themselves or are we looking at the, the vision for what the finance team wants? Kind of are we are we working towards the the strategy for finance or are we working on the strategy for the individuals within finance? So it depends on, on what your focus is for the training. So if you're doing resilience training for individuals, um, the first thing I actually start with in all my training is self-awareness skills. Uh, because we can say, oh, I'm going to look at myself, I'm going to look at the team. The first thing you have to understand is what does it mean to be a human being? What's going on in any person's mind, emotions, body, behavior, any given time? Um, so that's really what I do to set the foundation. And then if you are doing something for a team, then yes, you can start looking at a vision of what you actually want to create um, collectively. Or you can do it for an individual. But the way that I do the resilience training, the visioning is just one part of it. Um, so what I teach is there's five or six different elements. So some people just say, oh, to build your resilience, you need to just work on your mindset or you need to do some exercise. And 
but you are a holistic being everything about you is a system everything is working together so for me i do mental resilience so looking at your mm -hmm. own mindset yes also look at your emotional resilience so what do you do when you're stressed and how are you handling difficult emotions and anxiety and so on are you processing them are you regulating them um if not here's how you do that and we look at various tools um then there's also uh behavior so what are you doing are, are you one of those people who just says yes to everybody and then you wonder why you're so overwhelmed as a simple example um, yeah so, i'm normally guilty of that saying yeah yes me to too often. me too and it doesn't do us any favors not so at all it's so simple but it's a really important thing um to build in your resilience is you've got to start to learn to set boundaries and to say no so what is a boundary we can have a look at that and again you can look at it in your team you can look at it individually um and then also uh your body you know your physical health the mind and body are one um and so it, we it's not separate mental health is physical health physical health affects your mental health it's all one system um so there are things you can do physically uh that will help you whether it's things like sleep uh exercise diet meditation dance all sorts of things um and then we also have the environment so that's where you're going to bring in more of the team elements of it as well. Is say, well, what's the culture of the team? What's going on around? How do we communicate? How do we manage risk? Do we have that clear vision? Do we all know what's going on? Are we all aligned? Uh, what are the relationships like? Do we have a lot of trust um, or not? How do we handle change? Because the culture in an organization, that environment is uh, can be quite complex, but you've got to map it all out and have a little look and say, well, what things out here are causing more stress? Um, and how can we start to alleviate those so we're not piling more and more stress onto our teams because that's what creates resistance as opposed to resilience. Um, and then when you go deep is more the soul side of things. Uh, that's where you get into visioning as well, which is to say, okay, what do I really want? What do I want to contribute? And you can do that again as an individual. What are my strengths? What are my gifts? What are my talents? Um, and what do I want to contribute? Or you can set it up as a team. Uh, what, are, what are we aiming for together? So it can be done on, on multiple dimensions, but, but essentially there's the five elements. Um, but then for leaders and teams, it depends on your role because you might want to then look more at how do, I, how do I manage a team? How do I develop a team? How do I get people through their stresses and their challenges? Um, and there's various elements that uh, come up in that. So what, whatever you're doing here, this is all about very much working with individuals and where the individuals are to start with and where they want to go to. Is there a case that if you're working with the, the team, mm. you might want to do some work with the team leader first? Um, you could do it with the team leader first, yeah. Um, I think as a team leader, you will always need, it, again, it depends on the culture of the organization, because if you've got really good relationships with the team leader and the team, and they feel comfortable getting in a room and really being open and honest and thrashing it out and saying, look, I feel like this, or this isn't working, or, you know, we'd like you as a leader to maybe do a little bit of this, or I feel like I need that. If you've got a culture where they can have that conversation, then you might want to just put them all in a room together um, and work together at the same time. But you might not. Um, the way I've done it before is I usually do a bit of both. So I'll have a team working together and then I'll have one-to-ones with the team leader separately. Because like I said, it, they're an individual as well. So they've got yes. to go on their own individual journey as well as developing the team and working with the team. 
Um, and, you know, there may be things that they don't feel comfortable saying in front of the team, like they've got their stuff going on. So, so they, exactly. yeah, so they also, you know, may well want to have a more of a personal uh, one-to-one support and, and experience. Um, so, yeah, it really depends on, on what people want. Different cultures, different teams want to work in different ways. Um, but I don't like to set a, this is how it has to be done because the world is not black and white. <laughs> you know, I have, I have a standard training, I have a standard model, and then I flex it depending on the environment, um, but, but always open to whatever someone needs because, you know, someone else might say, just get in a room for a day and do training. Someone else might say, no, we want to split it over a few weeks so we can have some time in between to take actions. And yeah, it, it's flexible. Um, yeah. So we, we touched on working remotely working mm. from home mm. and i know that's that's something that's brought together all sorts of stresses you've already touched on the oh i'm trying to work from home now the kids are at home now i'm homeschooling the kids yeah. and i i know that as we talked to a lot of our the folk on our future cfo program last year mm. they were right in the middle of all of that stuff and it was oh dan kevin how can you make this program easier for us to consume because we really don't have time we love the stuff you're putting together but we really don't have time to do it Mm. um but that's gone on the kids have gone back to school Mm. but a lot of us are still ending up at home Mm -hmm. spending an awful lot of time in front of a screen pinky Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know i personally i'm getting very frustrated out of only feeling as i'm working when i'm staring at a screen and I'm like you, I like to be in a workshop and throwing post-it notes up on the wall and scribbling yeah. on flip charts and whiteboards. Mm. What, what should we be thinking about in those sorts of circumstances to keep, keep ourselves resilient? In terms of not having that physical interaction and, and having... Yeah, not screen. having a physical interaction. Yeah. Having the screen in front of you all the time, hemmed in by the same four walls. Yeah. I mean, again, this is every, everything comes back to knowing your own self because some people love that. <laughs> there are yeah. some people who are like, this is the best and I don't ever want to have to see anyone again. And I'm very happy just sitting at home looking at a screen. But other people, like we were saying, will struggle. Uh, so it really depends on your own personality uh, and what you what what energizes you and what doesn't. Um, but if you're happy with it, then you're happy with it. But if you're not... Um, I think the thing I'm just speaking from my own experience, even though I know that I love to be around people and I love being in a room with people, I've gotten very comfortable just staring at the screen all day. And even when the opportunity comes to go out again and meet people and work with people face to face, I'm like trying to peel myself off this chair and put my coat on and go outside. And I'm like, wow, I did not expect that to happen to me because I'm a very uh people person I love being around people I mean I need my breaks definitely but even I was quite shocked that I was finding it hard to get back out into the world because we get conditioned whether we realize it or not if you repeat a pattern of behaviors for any amount of time it will become your conditioning um and that's what's happened to a lot of us we've got very conditioned to just working in this way living in this way um but I had to give myself that nudge I had to force myself a little bit uh, to get up and get out because I know it's good for me I know it's actually good for me to be around other people um, and so so you might be experiencing a little bit of that some people actually I did a webinar on 
uh, anxiety about returning to the workplace and getting back out there because again pe people may be experiencing that you know these are all very new things that we've not had to deal with before that people are going through um but i think again you know it depends on where you're at but if you're at that point of like right i'm sick of looking at screens and I don't know, it depends on your company. Are they opening back up again? Do they want you to come back? Do you have the opportunity? In which case, obviously take it. Um, if not, are you gonna need to carve something out by yourself? Um, but yeah, I think again, you've got to pay attention, get self-aware, what's going on in my scenario? What opportunities are there for me? And then you've got to create, you've got to create focus again on what is your vision for your life? What do you want? Do I want to have more interactions again? Do I want to get off the screen? And maybe you have to be the one that instigates it. Maybe you're the one who needs to call people up. Maybe you're the one who needs to send the email to say, hey, guys, let's get together. Don't wait for someone else to do it. Um, if you feel that you need that, then then. I mean, like all things in life, really, we create our own reality by the actions that we take. Um, so just go and do it, really, is as simple as it gets. And you uh, might resist, but... I think there the, the really is something in that, that uh, we can accept the flow and accept the norm that it is. Working mm. from home, it is on the screen, Zoom mm. meeting after Zoom meeting. But yeah, well, there, there are things that we can do ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know? Instead of doing a Zoom meeting, yeah. Yeah. Put the phone in your pocket. Put your headphones on and go for a walk. Go for a walk. Talking to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. That um, you don't have to be in the same office. No, no. Um, you know, make sure. In my experience as well, being at home, mm. you know, personal time and work time have a tendency to blur into each other. Yeah. Somehow you've got to put that division back in place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of people working from their bedrooms, they have no separation in terms of space, if they don't have yeah. the space to make a little office somewhere. And then, yeah, the laptop's just there. So you just turn it on and leave it on. And then it's eight o'clock in the evening. Oh, I'll just open the laptop, check a few emails. Um, so, yeah, again, it's about boundaries. It's about setting yeah. your own boundaries. And the reality is no one's going to do that for you. You know, your boss yeah. isn't going to come and knock on your door and say, OK, let me just check. <laughs> Where are you working? What time do you close your laptop? You have to take self-responsibility. And that's what all of resilience is about as well, is that you have to realize how powerful you are to create the experience that you really want to have. But to do that, you've got to take the right actions. You've got to be willing to reflect on yourself. You've got to be willing to acknowledge that maybe you're doing some things that aren't helping you. And actually, that's your responsibility. And that doesn't mean you beat yourself up. It doesn't. There's none of that. We do all of it with self-compassion because, look, we're all human and we're all flawed. But when you realize you really do create your reality in a very, and I'm, I'm talking like woo woo, you know, law of attraction. I don't know if you've heard of that, Kevin, but there's a lot of things about, you know, you create your reality by, you know, because I mean, look, we can go deep into consciousness and, you know, does anything exist and how do we create what we see? But, but from a very logical point of view, we create our reality because what you think creates how you feel and how you feel drives your behavior and your behavior gets your results. And this that simple. That's how you create your reality. So every time I'm taking a behavior, it is creating my results. So, you know, if I'm sitting at home and I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling to, you know, not see people and I'm so bored of sitting at the screen or like you say, you know, the, the boundary between work and life has gotten so blurred. And well, 
you're creating that because you're opening your laptop at eight o'clock at night every night you know and it, yeah. it sounds it's but it's that simple that's a simple it's way out of it that's simple don't <laughs> exactly and, and yeah. but then you have to ask why are you doing that because there's some people are not doing that but you're doing it and then you may be resenting it and so that's when you get into the deeper motivation so you reverse engineer it the result is oh i'm working way too many hours there's no boundary between life and work the behavior was i opened my laptop at 8 p.m what was the emotion that drove that maybe you felt anxious nervous maybe you felt guilty that something wasn't finished or whatever i don't know you got to get into that why are you feeling that emotion what is your underlying belief and usually for the people who open their laptops at 8 p.m., for most people, it's going to be something like, I have to please people. I have to show up. I have to get stuff done. I'm an achiever. I've got the achiever personality. I've got to tick stuff off my list. If I don't, people, someone's going to be mad at me. Someone's going to reject me. Uh, or I'm going to fail in some way. I'm going to look like a failure in some way. These are all just beliefs. They're not true. Um, but you've got to dig down and see what is my underlying belief system that is driving me to take that end behavior that is creating a life that I don't actually want to experience. Um, so it's layered. Um, and this is why I have all those elements in my model, because they all link to each other and it goes around in a cycle. So so there are simple things like just stop, just stop opening your laptop at 8 p.m. at night. But it's not that simple because it's just no, by emotion. That doesn't get rid of the emotion that thinks, it, oh, well, I told somebody at the end of last week I was going to have this finished. Yeah. I haven't got it finished. I better get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And look, maybe that's the right thing to do, but maybe it's not. Maybe the right thing to do is to say, actually, ask that person, can I have an extension? Because that might mm. also be perfectly possible. But if you're, if your underlying belief is, oh, I didn't do it when I said I'd do it, and therefore somehow I feel shamed or bad or unworthy or I'm worried that I'm going to get punished in some way or I'm going to get rejected or it's going to go against me. If that's what's going on inside you, it's going to make you feel anxious and stressed and annoyed and all this stuff. And then you're going to, oh, quick, I've got to finish this thing. That's the result you're going to get versus maybe your thoughts are, could be different around actually maybe I can ask for an extension. Maybe it's okay. Just because I didn't get something done by the date, that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. doesn't mean I'm unworthy. doesn't mean I'm going to get punished. These are not even truths. Most of the things that we believe are not even true. So there's always other options. Uh, and if you thought like that, if you thought, actually, I'm allowed to not get things done on time because I'm a human being. I'm allowed to be struggling a bit because actually the world is pretty crazy right now and there's a lot of things going on and I'm struggling. I'm allowed to have maybe just taken on too much and sorry, that meant I couldn't finish what I said I was gonna do. I'm allowed to fall down sometimes. I'm allowed to ask for help. I'm allowed to go to my boss and say, look, I'm really sorry, I tried, but I just need a bit of extra time. And if you think, if that's your underlying belief, I'm allowed to do that. I'm worthy of doing that. It doesn't make me a bad person. It's actually a really good thing. It's productive. It's functional thoughts and behaviors. How are you going to feel now? You're going to feel empowered. You're going to feel calmer. You're going to feel more compassionate for yourself. You're going to feel stronger. And now what behaviors are you going to do? You're going to take better actions. You're going to go and ask for that help. You're going to work, manage your time a little bit better. You're not going to take on so much as you normally would. And now you're going to get a different result. So it all really comes down to how we think, what we believe about ourselves, others in the world. That's our construct of existence. And if your belief about yourself, others in the world is, oh, my God, I've got to get stuff done and people will judge me or I'm going to fail and it's really bad and 
you're gonna this is self-fulfilling prophecy essentially so so understand your patterns how do i think what does that make me feel what does that make me do and what results does that give me because that is the cycle of your life and that's what i teach in the resilience training is to understand that that's what's going on and you can go into a resistance cycle, which causes you more stress, more tension, more anxiety, more dysfunctional behavior, or you can choose a resilient one by making changes at any of those levels. And so that's the shift that is open to people because the pattern that you have, thoughts, feelings, behavior, results, was what you created in the first few years of your life. And you're just running that program over and over and over again. And it's gonna show up in work, it's gonna show at home, it's gonna show in your relationships, and then you wonder, why does this keep happening to me? Why do the same problems keep happening to me? Because you haven't stopped to reflect yeah. and choose a shift, which is fine because no one teaches you to do that at school, mm, which is why I'm teaching true. it now. <laughs> so. And the, 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 there is a saying that keep taking the same actions. Don't be surprised when you get the same results. Exactly. And that's mm. exactly what happens. That's, so, that's a, yeah. Yeah. So Pinky, we're, we're, as we publish this episode we're, mm. we're coming up to christmas mm. people will hopefully be taking a, a christmas break and yep. reflecting a little bit and the mind will naturally turn towards goals and objectives and things like that for yeah. 2022 yeah. now yeah. any thoughts from a resilience point of view how we should be approaching that very much so um because I, i'm actually working on developing a course on exactly this um a lot of people go oh i'm gonna do my new year's resolutions and i'm gonna you know 80 of those fail i think maybe more absolutely i hate new year's resolutions right um but then you know even we could say forget that it's new year just any time of year or any time you decide to set your mind to achieve something a lot of people tend to fail at stuff um and so as you're going into the new year and if you want to set that intention which i think is a wonderful thing to do uh, in terms of building your resilience as well, I'm going to take this in sort of two parts and bring them together. Um, the first thing is around when you set your intentions, you want to avoid setting what we call negative visions. So we'll use the New Year resolution as an example because it's just always such a good example. Is people say, oh, I need to lose weight. Uh, I need to save more money. Uh, oh, I need to stop this new hobby or oh I need to spend more time with my family and I need to I need to work less there what you've done there is you've identified some kind of problem that you need so I need to lose weight I need to lose weight I'm overweight I don't like how I look whatever 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 so immediately you've set up a negative vision of what you're trying to get away from and from the level of creative consciousness that's actually not your most powerful state of performance and optimal uh, well-being and success you will not reach your highest success from a negative vision. So anytime you are setting a goal, get in tune with yourself, even if the words sound very positive and visionary. Is there a part of you that is running away from something that you don't want? And if it is, I would recommend that you don't try setting that goal. Because every time you say on the surface, I want to achieve this thing, your subconscious mind knows that you're running away from the thing you don't want. And all it's focusing on is the thing you don't want. And it just makes that stronger and stronger and stronger. This is why New Year's resolutions fails. This is why people try and lose weight and it doesn't work because they think they're trying to lose weight. But in their mind, your mind is very smart. And it knows that all you're really thinking about is I don't like my body. I don't like how good I, how, how I look. I don't like this, 
this weight that I've got on me and it's just feeding you more and more on that and your, your mind creates your reality at the end of the day so don't set a negative vision you want to set a positive vision and a positive vision is something you'd like to achieve for its own sake so sometimes we use the five whys. I don't know if you, we do that normally to get to the root of a problem. Yes. So we say, there's a problem here. Why, why, why? And you keep asking why till you get to the root. But you can do the same thing when you're setting an intention and a goal. So you say, okay, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? Hmm, because I want to feel more attractive. Okay, why do you want to feel more attractive? Oh, because then I will meet the love of my life. Okay, why do you want to meet the love of your life? Uh, because I would love to have a wonderful relationship with someone. Why would you love to have a wonderful relationship with someone? Because that would make me feel great. And I would love to experience that connection with another human being. That's your end goal. That's what you actually want in your life. You want a wonderful, loving relationship with another human being. Which has got nothing whatsoever to do with losing some weight. And that's the funny thing, Kevin. When you do this exercise, you will realize what you really want is very rarely what you think you want. Mm. And when you do the work to get to the true end result, you reach what we call a pure intention that has no, and now I call it a positive vision, but actually it's beyond that. It's such a pure creative intention that it has no opposition. And so now in terms of consciousness, you can really create that because everything else, a negative vision has to have a positive on the other side. And those two things will always be pulling you in either direction. So you oscillate. So you never achieve your goal or you win for a little bit and then it goes back to the old problem again. And then you solve the problem and then it comes again when another form. So what you're doing is you're transcending that altogether and you're going to the heart of what you truly want to experience. So if you say, okay, I'm going to save more money this year or, or you know, let's say you're going into a new role, you've got this, uh, you know, big step up into a CFO role or something like that. And you're like, okay, obviously you might come up with, okay, I'm going to do really well at my job or I'm going to set some kind of intention around really growing into this role don't just stop there ask yourself why do I want this well I don't know Kevin you might have an example that we can look at if I was going into that role what sort of thing I might be thinking that I want to achieve this year and how we might question and see what route there would be I think that that is an interesting one going into a new role and it's actually something that that I do ask people as we go into the the future CFO program it's yeah Module one is very much about identifying your current level of competency and where yeah. the gaps are. Yeah. Level, le- module two is very much talking about issues and things mm. that you feel uncomfortable with. Mm. Module three is very much about putting together a, mm. a fast track personal development plan. Mm. But one of the things that I get folk to do there is, okay, fine. You're here because you say you want to be a CFO. You want to make that step up. Well, Actually, let's think about three years' time. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be in mm-hmm. three years' time? Mm-hmm. What's got to have happened kind of professionally, personally, with the family, with your finances, with all sorts of things? Mm. And I, I actually get folk to do something that I call the departure lounge exercise. It's kind mm. of three years in the future. You just You're going on a trip somewhere. You've just met somebody in the departure lounge you haven't seen for ages. You're going to tell them what's going on in your life. Yeah. What are you going to say to them? I love that. And it automatically takes you to all of the positives. Yes. 
you're not going to say things like you're not going to talk in that conversation in departure lounge in three years time about weight loss goals exactly you know you're going to be talking about oh the kids are doing great they've achieved this they've achieved that oh oh, i'm moved into this new job and it's taking me to and here's the people i'm working with and i'm going off on this flight today because i'm going to this great conference and i'm going to be speaking out it or whatever yeah and it really takes you and puts you into that future vision of yourself and now yeah. come back to it then okay fine so we've got all the minutiae of well what your issues are at the moment mm. where your what your skills level is and so on well, okay park that for a moment and think about what's actually important yeah. to deliver the vision you've just put down yes yeah not not where the gaps are but which which of those gaps do you actually need to fill in Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a different approach it is and and it, sometimes it can seem quite subtle and, and people don't necessarily understand why it's different but mm-hmm. on the level of psychology it is profoundly different and will get you such a different result so what you've said there I love that departure land idea that's a fantastic example and the, the one I do I do a, it's called a land of plenty uh, meditation visualization but it's very much the same thing in your land of plenty where it comes from old like shamanistic old teachings and so on but it's exactly that you go straight to in my land of plenty in my vision what do I have what am I doing who am I with and you really embody it as well this is something I think is really important is that the embodiment of your visualization so as well as writing it down and saying okay my kids will be doing this use the power of your mind you are a creator you create your experience use the power and visualization is a really powerful creative tool that sports people use for example they visualize their race before they do it because when you train your mind it tells your body what to do and so you've got to train it and visualization like when you go into your vision of what is it going to look like don't just write down okay this is going to happen i'm at the departure land i'm telling them about this this go there in your mind imagine you are that person now and considering technically time doesn't exist in the quantum realm everything is now and happening all the time so you step into it and you do what we call embodiment so you actually get into it and you say how does it feel what do I look like what am I wearing what do I smell what do I hear what do I see what if I was to touch something in this wonderful life of my vision what does it feel like Uh, you know who's around me who am I talking to and it's like you enter the movie and you're walking around in it and you go as far as you can go for as long as you can go as long as you want to you don't even have to go very long if you're very good at this until you are literally in your mind living in that reality and this is a really powerful brain training technique that is going to plant into your subconscious mind and especially if you do it every day the vision that you want to create and you want to feel it you want to feel what it feels like to be that person in three years who's achieved all these things and is living that life what does it feel like how do I walk these are the questions I ask people when we're visioning how do I walk how do I talk Uh, you know it's really getting into every detail of that experience because your mind is creating your reality if you tell you have to tell it what to focus on you have to tell it what you want things to be like what you want it what it looks like essentially so this is uh, what I call the embodiment visualization which just energizes that vision to the next level versus 
writing down a goal and because writing down is also very important don't just keep it in your head write it down articulate it clearly and then use the power of visualization to really get those seeds planted in your subconscious mind so I think all of that as we're talking about like moving into the next year is really important Um, and and the reason it's important can I just add one more thing as well actually which is linked as well as going for negative visions which you don't want to do which is fixing all the problems in your life versus creating your actual vision, which are two different things. The thing a lot of people do, which is another reason why New Year resolutions don't work, is they go for extrinsic values. So what's the world telling me I should want? What the world, What is the world telling me I should do? The world tells me I should lose weight. The world tells me I should buy a new house. The world tells me my parents think I should do this and get this job or do that training or whatever. So we take other people's values and try to live them and create them. But that is not your purpose as a human being. You are a creative genius, a consciousness here to express what is in you out into the world, not to take what's out into the world and put it in you and try and sort of replicate it and just do it. You have within you seeds of genius, of of unique experience and expression in life of what you want to create and experience here. And your job is to bring that out into the world. So what you do is you set an intrinsic goal. What does my heart want to experience? What is aligned to me? What is my truth? Because, and this is where it goes into the resilience. When you go for things that aren't truly what you want in your heart, that aren't authentic, that don't make you feel inspired and joyous and because they're coming from outside or they're negative problem-solving things, if they're not your true heart's desires, you will damage your resilience because when you go for what you really want, that end result, you unleash what I call innate resilience, which we all have within us, that will allow you to overcome the biggest challenges. Like the work I'm doing now, it's really hard. We were talking about this earlier, Kevin, running a business, building my own training products, my own services, marketing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make it up as go along. I'm trying to do as best I can. It's hard, but I want it so much. But it's so true to me that I keep going. You know, as I was saying to you, Kevin, I tried this a few years ago and it didn't work first time, but I came back and tried again because it's my truth. And that gives you a level of empowerment and resilience that I can't even describe if it's really, it's like you would just keep going. When we look at the geniuses in the world, the people we call geniuses or the Elon Musk or the Steve Jobs or whatever, who created wonderful things, look how many times they fail. Many of us wouldn't, carry on but it's It's not but the reason is because they're going for their truth they're going for what they love so as an other example if you ask me to go and be a cfo (laughs) (laughs) the minute a challenge hit me i would fall on the floor and not get back up because that's not my truth so i'm weak i'm weakened but when you're going for your truth doesn't matter what comes, you're going to be more resilient. You're going to get back up again. You're going to find ways. You're going to find, uh, you're going to be flexible. You're going to be creative. You're going to be adaptive, which is what resilience is about. Resilience isn't about beat through my problems and be strong. It's about flexibility. It's about the cleverness with which you navigate and flow through the challenges that will come your way. But in order to do that effectively, you've got to have your heart and your truth guiding you all the way through and holding you and anchoring you. And, and if you're not in that truth, then you won't have that. So you try and make me do, do a CFO thing, 
see see how I even articulate it just goes to show like do a CMO thing I've just taken that job offer off the table it's going to pay you uh, half a million pounds each year to be (laughs) the CFO of this uh, FTSE 100 company that we're we're handling a vacant no we're not (laughs) And, and, and here's the thing though I would have to say no yeah because it's not my truth and many people won't understand that oh but the money oh but the money yeah but it's not about that you know yeah yeah Yeah. we we could go on talking about this all day and Mm -hmm. we've gone into some fascinating areas but i think the the big takeaway for me out of that is if you've got a little bit of time over christmas holidays yeah sit down stare into the log burning stove with that glass of something rather nice next to you and think about what is my truth yes Take yourself yeah. into that departure lounge that I mentioned. What's going on? What's that conversation? Yeah. How do you feel in there? What's it all about? Yeah. And, oh, work it out. Because having having that vision of what you want for yourself, I think, is so important. It's so it's otherwise you just bumble along and then wonder why you never really enjoyed or got to do the things you wanted to do. Yeah. You have and, to take direction you have to create yeah, direction. I, I i really don't believe in trying to plan a career mm. Mm. plan anything more than well we've got the next 100 days podcast separately to this one for a reason i don't actually believe in planning any further than the next yeah. 100 days because you yeah. never know what's around the corner it's so but, interesting. You know, you've got to have the vision and the, the the kind of general direction you want to go in though yeah. yeah and if that vision is powerful and true and aligned to you it is magnetic. It will pull you in its direction. And then you will know, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? So like you say, that planning, it unfolds. Um, Actually, all the stuff I've got on my wall behind me is exactly about that. It's about intuitive living, which is completely the opposite of everything we've been trained to do. And it's hard because your brain doesn't like that because your brain wants to control everything. It wants to know everything. It has to know exactly what's going to happen. Not for everyone. Obviously, everyone's got their own personality traits and, and ways of looking at things. But have a vision, set it, know where you are now in relation to it. And what that does is it sets up what we call structural tension, creative tension in your consciousness. And that's when the ideas start to come. Okay, what is the step I want to take now? What's the next? Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do a 100-day podcast and I'm going to plan that much, but that's it. Um, Because like you say, you don't know what's going to happen. And your ability to live in the unknown is your power your superpower because as soon as you decide i've made a plan here's my little path and it's going to be like a b c d e f g now you're not open to all the other amazing possibilities that are out there in the universe that could come to you because you're only seeing down this little tunnel and you're fixated it has to happen this way but what if there's another way it could happen that could be so incredibly amazing and beneficial for you and could open up something that you couldn't even dream of and that's how my life has worked all the way through to be honest so I'm, but I still have to learn every day, be in the unknown. Stop thinking that you have to know everything. The only thing you have to know is what's your truth? What do I want it to look like? What does it feel like? What fills my heart? What's for me to share in this world? Because we all have gifts. We all have talents and we're all here to share that. And my takeaway then is that if you've got a little bit of time this Christmas, um, sit down, stare into the log burning stove, maybe have a little glass of something 
interesting next to you and think about what that vision is. Where do you want to be in three years time? Mm. Take yourself into maybe that departure lounge exercise. Think about how it feels to be there. What's going on in your life and think about planning that way instead of your new year's resolutions. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I think it's so important that we give ourselves that time, you know, particularly when we're working in such uh, difficult and challenging jobs and demanding jobs and the world is so busy and life is so busy. We don't take time often to stop and really reflect and just chill out a little bit and allow ourselves to dream. And that's what it is. Like take that time, allow yourself to dream because there are amazing things that are possible, uh, but make sure you give yourself time to do that. So, yeah, I would concur. That would be a wonderful way to start the new year. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it Pinky, would be fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. That, that has been such an interesting conversation. Just thank you for being the guest on this week's Grow CFO show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.